Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Today, a special guest, former Washington running back and current alumni director Tim Hightower joins me to discuss his new role, why some former Washington players have been shocked to actually talk to someone from the organization, and to hear Tim's motivational tale. He was at a breaking point after his ACL injury when he played for Washington, how he made his way back. You will come away impressed. You can follow Tim on Twitter at Tim underscore Hightower. And of course, you can read my work on ESPN.com. I'll have a story up at some point this week on tight end Samus Reyes and his journey from Chile to the NFL, a tale of overcoming adversity and growing up in a hurry. I was on vacation for most of the past two weeks, so there was not much chance or desire to react to news. There were a couple items of interest. The fact that team president Jason Wright said that Warriors would not be the name was one of them. That only surprised me a little, mainly because they had been talking to Native American leaders, and I had heard from some some in that community last summer that they would not be okay with the name Warriors. They felt it would be too close to the previous name, even if Warriors certainly has been used to describe many and not just Native Americans, but they felt it would be too close because of the former name. Last summer, I had been told by someone involved in the process that owner Dan Snyder had a definite name he liked and that it, would have, that it was going to be announced in several days. The belief after talking to some in the organization after that announcement was postponed and they went in a different direction was that Warriors was the likely candidate. This was not a hard and fast uh, thing. It was more just that was their feeling as well. However, by the time, again, by the time they announced it, they had, they swerved and ended up with the generic placeholder football team instead. I don't know what it's going to be. It's very possible they already have it. But as I've said, since the fall, based on talking to Wright a few times, they will roll it all out at one time. There's so much to do with branding, algorithms, logos, that if they drop the name now, it would still be, it would still take a long time to work out the other stuff. It would allow for bootleg logos, for example, to be developed and possibly usurp what they want to do. And it just, it's a headache. It would create a headache for them. Anyway, that's what I've got there. As far as Brandon Sheriff, there's never any point where I thought a deal might get done. The last time I'd heard there was some optimism was a couple of years ago. Um, and then that changed quickly. And once they put that franchise tag on him, that's been about it. Washington has offered to make him the highest paid guard in the NFL but even that would leave him a couple million short of that $18 million tag he'll get this year. That's where they had to go to to get a to probably to probably get a deal done. Sheriff is somewhat a simple as a somewhat simple guy who just likes to hunt, drive his truck, fish, drink bush light. He's gonna make $33 million in two years from last year and this year, and then hit free agency. He is not rolling the dice on anything. If he gets hurt and can't play again, he's already created generational wealth. And if he doesn't get hurt, he's going to go out and get a really big deal, probably becoming the highest paid guard again at that point, and he will have made $33 million in two years. The other news that came out involved the vaccine numbers for the team. Washington was one of two teams under 50% vaccinated. Whatever you think of the vaccine, that's a low number, and it will prevent Washington from operating like teams above the 85% threshold, It does, as a few teams are. And it, it also increases the risk that an outbreak could occur. Again, whatever you think of it, 
That's the bottom line, and the stats back that up. This team has a chance to build on last year, but this also become it could become an underlying issue that trips them up. Not here to lecture anyone on the values of the vaccine. Go find go find that somewhere else. But from a strictly football standpoint, this is something that could impact Washington's season. Now, they were one of the most proactive teams in the NFL last year in dealing with COVID, and they handled it quite well. But with, by all accounts, a more aggressive COVID virus spreading around that Delta variant, the last thing Washington wants is for this to be an underlying fear and storyline. Anyway, that's it from me. After this break, I'll be back with alumni director and former Washington running back Tim Hightower. We talk about his role, a true low point in his life, and running back Antonio Gibson. Let's talk about Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is the best and easiest place to play fantasy football for big cash prizes. An Underdog Fantasy you just draft. No need to worry about waivers, lineups, or injuries. Underdog handles it all for you. Go to underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft a season-long best ball team, and that's it. No in-season management. They're going to give you $25 when you sign up so you can take a free shot at a $1 million grand prize in their fantasy football tournament. That's right. You can get a free $25 in bonus cash on Underdog Fantasy if you use the code KIME, K-E-I-M, when you make your first deposit. I love Underdog because it's just so easy to use. The mobile app is slick. The website is user-friendly. So do what I've been doing. Go to underdogfantasy.com, join a league, draft a team, and that's it. You're good for the season. Remember, go to underdogfantasy.com, the App Store, or the Google Play Store, sign up with the code KIME, K-E-I-M, and get a free $25 in bonus cash. Welcome back. Now here's my conversation with Tim Hightower. I, I will start with then your current role. You were named in December to be the alumni director here. What has that role been like for you and, and why? I know this is months and months ago, but why did you want to do it here? That's a great question. Well, I mean, a lot of personal, uh, uh, you know, I have a personal connection here. I grew up in the DMV, uh, but also, you know, playing here, you know, being being connected to this fan base. But then the way my career was was altered and, and shifted and, and changed drastically. Um, I, it's, it's hard to any player who's experienced this game. You never want to end your career on an injury, and you, you you never want that to be your legacy with an organization, uh, especially growing up here. So I wanted to find, man, how can I have some kind of impact with this organization and leave a different, uh, create a different legacy here? Uh, so this was important for me to be back from that standpoint, but also as a player, understanding that transition, how tough it is to make that transition and how rare it is to make that transition and to stay connected not just to the NFL, but to the organization, right? There, there's this kind of, um, uh, you, you try to navigate that, that, uh, you, you know, you're a former player, you spent so much time with an organization, but what does that relationship look like now? And how, from an organization, or organizational standpoint, how can you continue to support the guys who, you know, created, they paved the way, they laid that foundation, but yet uh, they're no longer, quote unquote, employees, and they're, they're, no, they're no longer, um, uh, still playing. So understanding what both sides look like, you know, that that's what really excited me about this next chapter. I also wonder too, given your experiences, what you went through with the injury coming back, 
and all that. How did that shape what you want to do with this role? Because in the past, it seems like the alumni director was like, hey, let's stay in touch, have a golf tournament. Are there different things that you want to do based on your experiences to help guys who are now out of here? Absolutely. Because uh, you, you understand how, first of all, the mindset, uh, th- that struggle, you know what it feels like to be kind of rock bottom. Uh, well, not, not only are you transitioning, but you're at a low point in your life to where what are the resources you, you talk about with the PA and with the NFL Legends Department? We talk about all these resources that are available to us as players, but rarely are we even in the mindset to take advantage of them. And so to be a former player to say, hey, look, I've gone through this. I know what it takes. I know what you're trying to search. You're searching for whether it's business connections and, you know, how do I leverage my name? How do I just uh, uh, emotionally get to the place where I feel comfortable being around the organization and I'm not a player anymore? Right. So ha- articulating and, and that's where I, I feel like I've had a, a bit of an impact uh, early on is talking to a Jordan Reed, talking to a, a guy who's just been out, also a guy who's 20 years out and, and fi- figuring out emotionally where are they where have they been and how can we help get them to where they want to be and support them in that process and what kind of feedback have you received when you do that because again it seems like this is not the traditional route of an alumni director so how have you how has that been received Uh, you know what it's for some it's been just open arm and hey they're just glad to have somebody communicating with them for others it's been a it's been a process right because they trust uh, well, I've never been communicated with prior to prior to now. Why are you mm-hmm. reaching out now? Is this a PR stunt? Is this genuine? Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's some who, who who are reluctant, right? They're guys who are reluctant and they're guys who um, are frustrated, right? But for the most part, once you are able to build that trust and say, hey, look, I'm one of you guys, man. Like, here's my only, my only objective is to truly serve this community and build a family, more of a family. Once you play for this organization, You've you've heard it. We've experienced it with other organizations. But I want that to I want that to be common here. That once you played here, I want the, the current guys to see the alumni connected. That hey man, this it's not just about what I do on the field. It's I'm being connected to a family, to a brotherhood, to a community, and that's what we're building here. And so to be able to articulate that, and more importantly, John, what I'm finding is just listening, man. Right. I don't I don't have all the answers, and I'm not going to pretend to. They're guys from I'm dealing with guys from. The 50s, 60s, 70s, yeah. all the way up to 2018 and 19. So the experiences are so different and the unique needs. So just listening and finding out what's important to them as we move forward. So you feel like some guys, I mean, some guys have felt like they've been neglected over the years. I mean, it's hard with alum and alumni, I think, but they've been, they felt neglect, neglected. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's again, when you're used, you're used to being the cornerstone of an organization, all the advertising is about you, all the video, all that. everything is about highlighting who you are. Right. And then the next day you're you're a has been. It's on guy. Right. We know that. Right. We understand that. I mean, you've been in the business for, for yeah. understand. But it's another thing to really connect with those guys and hear those experiences. And what does that really mean? Year one, year five, year 10, year 15. And the further you get removed, the easier it is to get disconnected. If someone you and the organization is not intentional about staying connected. So what kind of plans, what kind of things do you have coming up that maybe will highlight some of what you want to do with them? That's a great question. Well, first of all, just getting guys around, right? We, we spent, you know, this uh, offseason unique with, you know, just the uh, virtual communication. So getting guys on calls, starting to get familiarized. It was great to see, you know, Will Blackman enjoyed seeing an Art Monk or Daryl Green mm-hmm. or uh, to talk with Doug Williams, to 
the guys start to see, I've, John, I've learned so much about this organization just through these conversations with these guys and hearing these stories that I never heard as a player. I didn't see these guys around the building. And so you get on a on Zoom call with 50 or 60 or 75 guys, and now you just start having conversations, natural mentorship and questions start to evolve. So part of it is getting guys together, creating opportunities and touch points, um, whether it's at games, whether it's tailgate prior to games, whether it's networking events, where guys can just start to get around each other, their families. We have a huge uh, 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 presence of guys in, in the DMV area, you know, yeah. Let's get these guys together. Let's start to socialize them. Let's get them to games. Let's get them to training camp. But then also from there, how can we start to elevate and highlight who they are and what they're doing uh, post football? And, and how does that, uh, how can we support those, those efforts? Those are just and, will you have some of those guys come and like address the team or is that more on Ron? Yeah. So, uh, so, so, so uh, coach has been on, on one of the zoom calls, right? The, the biggest thing is to get, and, you know, that was another thing to get to know the faces behind the organization, the new leadership. So Jason's been on the call. Ron's been on the call. Martin's been on the, uh, on the calls and giving guys a chance to interact and talk. And, uh, you know, coach shared his look. He's a former player. Here's we want you all to have access. Right. Uh, obviously, there's not it's not car bonds kind of come as you come as you, you know, come and come as you want. But for the most part, we want you guys to we, we, we want you to feel like you're welcome at any time that. Uh, COVID, COVID presents uh, some challenges as far as the access, but if it's coming to practice, if it's coming to a meeting, if it's talking, you know, at a hotel, that's the kind of interaction that we're trying to build here. So coach, I think did a great job of articulating that as did Jason and Martin. And, and that's just something that we're continuing to, to uh, work on and be intentional about. How does the name change the, what's going on with that? How does that, what kind of feedback do you hear with that? Is that, does that present a challenge for you with some of these guys? Absolutely. A challenge and an opportunity, um, because that's a, a big thing that, you know, and I talked to Jason from day one. It's, and I think where we are as a, as a country, right, how do we preserve and understand and respect the history, um, the foundation that was laid down before us? But yet, as we move into this new journey, this new culture, as we go through this journey and, and embrace uh, new beginnings, what does that really mean? And, and for a lot of these guys, what does that mean to who I am, to my legacy? Right. You can't play my jersey uh, anywhere. Do do I become forgotten? And do I become disconnected from a new name, a new team, a new venue? So it's just been a lot of conversations, being very transparent, involving them in the process, in the rebrand process, um, and just keeping that dialogue open because there are concerns as there should be. But it's our job and it's my job uh, to stay constantly communicating with these guys and, and getting them involved and getting their feedback to let them know that they are a part of not just the past, but the present and the future. Do you remember any calls in particular where, where I don't, whatever player maybe had some hesitation, didn't quite trust it, but you kept kind of reaching out and he comes around and any, any stories like that? Oh man, that's, that's, that's frequent, right? Guys okay. are, are, are busy. Uh, but again, B it's, what is this for? There's skepticism, right? Um, so that, I mean, that, that's more frequent than not, right? You know, again, you have some guys who, they're just very excited to uh, just to hear from somebody and, and, and to be included. But then again, there are other guys who they're just a little more reluctant. But what I, I will say, guys, when you're intentional, when they understand that you care, um, that it's pure, when you have a Jason, when you have Coach Rivera, when you have Martin, being on these calls and, and, and reaching out and, and sending emails, um, 
it sends a message that, that you may not understand everything and all the changes that are taking place, but you can start to see some of the decisions and you can say, hey, look, there's 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 true leadership, there's true uh, a, a culture being built. Um, and so maybe let me at least just let's let's just give it a try and let's see. Uh, look, in time, you, you'll be able to tell what's true and what's not. Sure. Um, Jason Wright, you were he was a teammate of yours in Arizona. Yeah. First of all, could you ever have seen him ascending to this role? What kind of a play, what kind of a teammate was he back then? Absolutely. Absolutely. 120%. And I don't say that Jason was, we roomed together um, in my time in Arizona. We were roommates and uh, he's hearing me half the time arguing with my girlfriend on the phone. And he's, <laughs> he's, he was so, he was a voice of reason, just very, uh, 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 he was a leader from day one. I mean, he was always one of those guys but I distinctly remember him, myself, Beanie Wells, Ross Stevens, Howling, were sitting there, and Jason comes to us all uh, a few weeks before the end of the season, and he says, "Guys, I think this is going to be my last year." And we're saying, "I mean, you know, why not? You, you know, you're still playing special teams at a high level. You're still a, a, a third, a great third down back." But he he knew he, he talked about going to business school. He talked about you know, essentially being a GM one day and being in business. And and look, I'm 20, 22, 23 years old. I'm like whatever jason right but he had this idea and this vision of the impact that he wanted to, to make in the game and so to stay in contact with him and, and to see just his leadership and his development a it's impressive right again understanding from a from a uh, from a from an alumni how hard it is to make that transition in life but to make the transition that he's made uh it, it, it's it's admirable, but no, I, I I definitely am not surprised. Nor is anyone who played with him uh, surprised at all. How did the the and I remember when covering you back in 2011, and you have the knee injury, and all that you went through. How did that cha that experience change you? Man, um, it, well, uh, John, that was tough. You know, uh, I remember I remember talking about that. And it was like it was one of the more poignant interviews I had because of how tough it was, how clear it was tough on you. It, you know what? It challenged me in every way. Um, tough on me and my family. Uh, I felt like I had let myself down. I let the fan base down. I let my family down. I let a lot of people who invested a lot in me down. Uh, and it took a while. You, you know, I didn't anticipate being out for almost four years. Uh, Fortunately, I was able to come back, but it changed me from the standpoint of understanding just as this pandemic has, what's really important. Mm -hmm. um, it's bigger than football. Who am I outside of football? Because up until that point, I, I never really even addressed that question because it was so focused on, uh, you know, this realizing this dream and maximizing it. So it forced me to ask questions on who was I and what was important to me and what kind of impact would I have? What were the things that if this game is done, if it's taken away, what was I going to be known for and what kind of impact did I want to have? Um, but then coming back from that, it helped me to understand. You, you hear the saying, never give up, right, if something's that important. But it built a resolve in me, John, that I, I, I truly believe all things are possible, right? It, it's not all things are easy, but I truly believe if you're willing to sacrifice, if you're willing to ask people for help and reach out, if and if you're persistent, you may not get exactly what you want for what, what you look what you want, but you'll 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 get somewhere. You'll get some of what you want. So that's just that mindset that I that I hope that that I bring here 
and for these guys who all have dreams outside of football who may not even know what they are they may not even know what interest they may have you can get there mm-hmm. and i'm going to pour that passion because i know what that felt like i know what it felt like tra- moving and transitioning my family downsizing the home and you know going through all of that let's pour that effort that could be used negatively let's make it constructive let's connect stay connected with the organization instead of getting disconnected and let's add who you are let's connect reconnect with the community and let's make sure we tell a different story and that, and that you can share your story too and that's hopefully that that's what comes out of this sometimes when somebody goes to a situation like that like in the movie there's this clear moment where there's a change in the person or there's the lowest point is this obvious low point. Do you remember when you look back at that time, do you remember a time? And I remember reading about the tears and throwing things. Was there a moment where you look back and say, this was the low point. It may have been not even something that someone else would consider that a low point, but for you, was there something like that where you say, where it just even now sticks out to you? Uh, there were a few, uh, a few times. And if I'm being honest, man, um, you know, I'm sitting there, we're, we're living with, um, I'm actually writing a book, John, so I can't give everything away, but. No, but you can plug it now. So there I'm you go. putting this into a book that'll be, that'll be finished here this month. That's awesome. Well, this will give people a little bit of taste so they can go buy it. Yeah, man. I, I remember sitting there, I, I was running out of money and pretty much out of money, uh, going on the fourth surgery and I get the news and I'm expecting a kid. Mm. Now, John, I grew up moving all around and, and, and um, it, to, to say that we we, we were financially uh, uh, challenged would be an understatement, um, and I and, and I promised that I would never. That's what drove me so much com- coming up as a kid that I would never raise a family in the same situation that I did, and it drove me. And so here I, I am, about to just got married. I got married and I got cut, you know, a month later from 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 Washington. So I'm out of I'm out of a job. I don't have my own place to call home. And I, I, and I and I'm quickly running out, pretty much out of money. And I just remember sitting there, and, and I'm hurt, and, I, and I'm being yeah. told that I'm facing yet another surgery, which probably is going to just push my chances of returning to NFL even further. And I just remember just tears, just how did I get here? Like how, how did it how did it go from hometown hero on the verge of possibly life changing contract to no answers and you're starting a family? And it, it, it just it was one of those things where I was like. Where do I go from here? How did I get here so quickly? I didn't, I thought I did everything the right way, the best that I could. Um, and I just remember from there, you know, I, 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 after I cried, I, you know, I prayed and I sat there with my wife and we just made a decision that we would make the next best decision and that's all we would do, right? And, and, and uh, we knew what we wanted. We, we were committed together and we would just make one decision at a time. And, and, and fortunately things started to uh, get a little bit better. But it was like a few years before you got back in the league. So how do you, in the interim, what are you, like, what are you doing for money? What are you, how are you surviving that way? <laughs> like many people during this pandemic, man, you're doing and it. I would say you're going to give people some good advice right now too, just based on your own experience. Yeah, man. You're, you know, like many people, uh, you're doing everything you can do, right? You're side jobs, uh, training people. You, you're doing anything you can do. Um, you know, you're, you're swallowing your pride one. Right. And, and saying, hey, my responsibility is to take care of my family. Who cares about what that looks like for me legally? Right. But I mean, I did. A, I did many things. Again, I trained. I, I worked part time jobs. Um, I, I got what was the weirdest part time job that you had? Say it again. What was one of the, some of the part time jobs that you had? Oh, man. What was the 
part-time jobs that I had. Uh, just health services. Okay. Gyms, um, you know, started doing getting into some, into some real estate. Uh, okay. But after that, with more commission commission based, so that didn't that didn't yeah. you know a lot initially. But just anything that I you could do selling things, you know, online, trying to uh, uh, figure that 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 the, the e business out. Um, anything you could just kind of do to keep keep that trend that that you know that process going. Speaking engagements, uh, you know, just a lot of cold calls, searching around for opportunities, and just you know swallowing your pride and being willing to just maximize whatever opportunities that you could have. But then at a certain point it became, if I'm already at this low point, I might as well just almost kind of like a team in an organization. I might as well just use this as a time to reboot. Right. And really kind of refocus instead of just like chasing after all these things. I literally started writing down, well, what is it that I want to do one day? What are the types of things? And then how can I start to just make small decisions and connections that will lead me in that direction one day, just like I did with football. So it almost kind of like re, you know, hit the reset button um, and just slowly start taking steps towards that direction. And it's funny because, you know, when one thing I in looking at your Twitter feed and reading some stuff too, you are big on the motivational quotes and the what's important to you, the tweets are coming out there. And if you, somebody wants to follow you on Twitter, they, they will find those motivational tweets. And I think they're just their common everyday life um quotes that can get you through the day say oh yeah this is what i just think of this what's important to you this is what's important move forward and that's that's one of the reasons why like i always like talking to you back then because even before all that it could tell that you had that in you just based on being around you for a little bit so it's not a surprise that you got to this point but i do wonder too tim that when somebody goes to an injury everything is focused on the physical right. you know, get the knee better get the knee better with where we are as a society, with all this talk on mental health, how much should that be more of a focus too? Because it is not easy going through that mentally. Yeah, well, I think, you know, I think sometimes we separate mental health from what we do. Um, you know, being able to, football was an outlet for me. Uh, there's, there's, you know, we gain confidence from doing. We gain confidence from, from having success, from doing what things that we love to do with the people that we love to do it with. And, you know, when you're going through an injury or, or when you're laid off from a job or you're going through a divorce or, or these different, you're separated from the things that you love. Mm -hmm. And mentally that, that takes a toll on you, right? You start to challenge who, you know, I appreciate the, the compliment, but you start, I, as I did, I started to qu question who am I? And sure. my abilities and my competence and my, um, the confidence was shaken, right? And so, Part of that is getting back to doing things that make you, you uniquely you, right? Whether that's art, whether that's sports, whether that's drawing, what, you know, cooking, you know, I started picking up different skill sets that I didn't even know I enjoyed. Mm. Cooking was something that was very therapeutic, but it allowed me to express it. It allowed me to create, um, that was mental health. So I think sometimes we think about mental health as just, and I do it, I believe in seeing someone and talking to someone, right? But a lot of times mental health is just healthy behaviors and habits yeah. and expressions of who you are. Um, and sometimes that has to, that changes when you lose a job, when you're injured. And so finding different ways to express your individuality and who you are, uh, to me, it, it is a huge part more than uh, along with the just the physical rehabilitation. Must have felt awesome when you got back with the Saints and you got 
and you made the team. Oh man, John, I I remember I'm sitting in this office and I saw this, you know, as a player, anytime you see your agent's uh, phone ring, you know, it, it, it's <laughs> when you're out, when you're out of it, yeah. you know, that you're picking that phone up quickly because you know, it's, it's something. Uh, if you're calling them more than they're calling you, that's not a good thing. Right. I remember seeing this call and I'm sitting there behind the desk think, you know, thinking, man, is this, I'm going to be behind the desk for the rest of my life. This, 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 this gotta be more. And I saw his call. I picked it up and he, t- and he told me, and I ran home. I had a, you know, my son was, you know, probably a few months old at this point. And I ran home and I just, I left, I left the office and I just picked him up. He's asleep. He's waking up. His eyes are big. And I, man, I, I'm tears in my eyes. And I'm just, first of all, I cried more than I ever cried in my life post the injury than I did prior to, but <laughs> just squeezing him, John, because the thing that resonated with me the most was this is no longer a theory. Like I can literally tell him yeah. what you and face in enduring life, son, never give up. Like I can tell you that because I lived it and I'm living it, not because of something that someone told me or I read in a book. I can pour into people and like inspire people because that's who I am and that's what comes out of me. And Eric is my desire to see that in other people. So that was the thing that it, it, it was, um, it was big because it was bigger than me. It was bigger than me and it became a mission and obsession to me to find that story in every single person, alumni, young athlete, every single person I connect with to find out what their story is and to challenge them to like never give up. That became like an obsession to me, you know, and, and, and it is today. So it, it was very important to me. Do you remember anybody in particular that you reached out to? And there's like, cause you know how it is too. Sometimes you reach out to somebody at the exact right time. And you don't even know, you may not even know, but when you, the imp, and the impact that call may have had, have you heard from anybody that has come back to you and said, your words mattered to me? Yes. Plenty of people, uh, which, which, which is what, which is what, um, you know, athletes, but even, you know, further, you know, beyond the athletic field, you know, as you, I spoke to, as I've spoken in front of crowds and one person or 500 or a thousand people, the interconnectedness between stories, right? Like there's some people that who never put on a uniform, but they've gone through, you know, they've lost everything because of a health challenge and they, they've had to sell everything and, you know, and because they had to go to the chemo chemotherapy and, right. you know, they, their family dynamic was changed or a job or, or, or a divorce. And I heard about your story. I read your story and it challenged me to never give up or it challenged me to share this with someone else. Like, John, those were the things and, and the responses that I said, you know what, I got to document this thing. Because for me, I just we just look at, you know, you're living your life and you're doing what you do. And, and but we don't know the impact that it has right. road or we don't know the impact that it has on on people. When you start to hear the impact, you're thinking, man, it's I have a responsibility to share this. And if it helps one person, if it helps one million people, like I have a responsibility for this story not to just live to die with me but for me to share it to as many people as I can. In the time we're doing this, I just want you to know, I've already texted five Hollywood agents to sell your story as a movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me know, man. We can work. <laughs> no. Yeah, but it is, it, is a, it is a good story. And that's why I wanted to have you on here. Switching gears to a lesser um, emotional part of it is, yeah. you know, you're, this team will be opening up in Richmond um, pretty soon for training camp. 
that's where you made a big name for yourself. What did Richmond mean to you and what are you looking forward to with going back? Richmond meant everything to me, man. This is family. This is opportunity. This is the only scholarship I had. Mm. People say, how did you get to Richmond? I say, how did I not get to Richmond? I, I, I went through my book of, of, of uh, offers, which in Richmond was the only one. Uh, so for me, man, they, they embraced me as a young kid. I developed here. Uh, they gave me the only opportunity that I had, but it was the only opportunity that I needed. So when I got released the year after they started, we started training camp here in Richmond. And I, well, I, I know. Right? Uh, that I was one year away. And so I've had to drive past this practice facility and not be a part of it. And it's, 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 it's torn at me. So um, I'm very excited and we're very excited to be back here in Richmond and connect um, not being able to have an in-person training camp last year uh, to give people in this city a chance to come out, be involved, be engaged. Um, and so I'm, we are, I am personally, but we're excited about being a part uh, of Richmond, uh, a training camp here in Richmond this year. One of those guys is going to play a big role, Antonio Gibson. You're a former running back. Yeah. That kid, to me, is going to have a big year. But um, I'm curious what you have seen in him and I know your role here is as an alumni, but you're a former running back who knows this game, who knows that player or the position too. What do you see in him? Uh, well, you know what? I appreciate his consistency. Um, he, he can do it. He can do it all. He has the ability to do it all. Now, he, he's definitely, as, 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 as does every player, has, has to develop um, and grow. Sure. But you see him catching some screens out of the backfield. You see him stepping up and, and, and pass protecting when he needs to. You see him able to get some of the short yardage but also rip off a few 20 and 30 yard runs. He's got good feet. Um, he runs with a low center of gravity. So you see he's able to, some of the questions sometimes if he's not a 230 pound back, is can he, can he carry the ball 20 times a game? Right. Which I think he can. I don't know if you need him to do that every week, week in and week out, but I think he's able to do that. Um, and he was able to provide a consistent presence, uh, you know, last year for the, for the organization. So, with you got two speedsters that uh, you know at wide out, you got a veteran quarterback. Hopefully that'll open up. You know you got some. Uh, hopefully the tight ends can open up some seam to where they can't just stack an eight man box, which should li- should really give him some running lanes to build upon what he did last year. Any of these running backs remind you of yourself in any way? Man, I, I don't like compare my you, okay you guys <laughs> are, are uh, you know they're their own individual man. I, I just like. Um, you know, I want to see his work ethic and him now. It, it's he's a leader, right? There's no more age room. There's no you're the guy. You're the guy that that not only when you're that starting guy, you know, and that's one thing from year one to year two to year three. The maturity has to become not just what I do, but now all the younger guys or the other guys are looking to me, my practice habits, how I recover, how I approach film study. That's a whole nother part that sometimes guys just are not prepared for. So. That's the thing that will will be. Um, I know Coach Jordan is is, um, is good with that, and but something that he'll have to take on this role of I'm the guy now. I'm the leader. I'm the quote unquote veteran. This is my room, um, and I got to set the tone every practice. Tim, I greatly appreciate your time. This has been really fun to talk to you, and and one of the reasons, as like I said, as a reporter, and I said this earlier. I always enjoy talking to you when you were here because you're always this insightful and it may not have been about this it may have been about your game at the time, but I'm not surprised at what you have done since then, just because I just, I don't know. I'm, I, as somebody in this end, I'm not surprised at what you're doing. So, and that you bounce back like that because it's just, 
there's just something different about some guys and you are one of them. So I, I'm glad that I had a chance to talk to you on here. Oh, John, the, the, the feelings are mutual, man. We'll talk about this agent, you know, when we get out. We get... <laughs> there we go. Maybe we'll both retire somewhere soon then. Okay. No doubt, man. John, I appreciate right. it. Good catching up with you, man. That's it for this episode. Thanks to Tim for joining me and thank you as always for listening. I'll be back with another episode later this week as we close in on training camp. Talk to you next time.